Welcome to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything and knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. You want to speak about the adventure of a lifetime. Our guest today is a amazing man, and uh, we're going to be talking to uh, him in just a moment. But uh, Mark David Gerson is his name, and uh, but I wanted to touch bases with my friend Eric just real briefly. How are you, Eric? Hey, good afternoon. Happy Friday, Kevin. It's an honor to well. be on. Thank you, and so it's an honor to be on Kixie again, and I'm looking forward to this. I got to tell you, is going to be, I saved the best for Kixie. I, and this is an absolute, going to be a, a dynamic interview with a prolific writer and screenwriter and really a wonderful guy. So I'm looking forward to it. And things are good at the, with you and the station? Well, absolutely, except for the fact, and, uh, and since you mentioned this on the KKW show, I hope I'm not blowing anything here, but <laughs> this is your final uh, Kixie show today um so we're gonna miss you uh, here at the station um and uh we look forward to of course you got two more shows over on kknw um so we'll we'll enjoy those but uh just want to tip our hat to you and say uh it's been great having you on the last several months here on fridays so um you know I want to thank you for that, Eric, because you and I have been down this road over the last 20 years. <laughs> of course, yes. And I'm like a bad penny, so you never know when I'm going to turn up again. Well, we, we hope to have you back in the future. I, I And I hope to make that happen. And uh, But uh, I need to take a little bit of a break, a little hiatus, and uh, because I've got uh, my world is just completely moving forward in a really fast and mysterious way. So, well, but Hopefully a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, and I've enjoyed my time with uh, you and with um, Nathan and with Benny for a short period. You guys are absolutely top notch. And by the way, KKNW, I've said this before, I need to say it again, is the most unique radio station in the country, bar none. So support it, please. Support yeah, the and Kixie too. Yeah. And Kixie too. That's and right. So support both of these channels because they are very important. And uh, especially KKNW, they they have all kinds of programming, and it's all local. Most of it's local, and it's all live, and it's all done by real people who have something to say. So, and given that, thank you, Eric. Thank uh, um, uh, the other guys for me. Of course, I get to see you on Monday and Wednesday again. So, That's thank right. Nathan for me. Can and do. And thank let's- you. Uh, hop on to our fantastic guest because I know you I've got a lot to say to him so boy no kidding Mark David Gerson is our guest he is the author first of all I gotta tell you if I were to go over his resume it would take the entire hour so we're not going to do that but we are going to talk about his appearances a little bit on ABC Fox NPR amongst a bunch of others but he's also a prolific writer He's got a screenplay out that's going to be turned into a movie. And he also has got a, a he does um, novels. He also does self-help. He teaches people how to write. He, he is just 
a phenomenal human being, and he's got two, wait a minute, three, by the time this interview is over, it may be four, books coming out in 2024. So with that, we are interested to bring Mark David onto the show. Mark, how are you? Mark David. I'm great. I'm great, Kevin. Thanks for having me. And boy, I'm impressed when you when you, when you talk about that resume. <laughs> Well, I was going. You've got a page on your on your web page, which, by the way, if you want to follow along, you can go to markdavidgerson.com, and you've got a page that's got all kinds of logos on it. And I can't even it take an hour just to decipher all the logos. So, congratulations on such a career. You should. Well, I know that you're proud. Thank you, thank you. It's you know, it's it's. Like everything else, it's a journey with its ups and downs. But uh, as long as I can keep writing, I'm happy. And that's why, you know, in the opening, I say it's the adventure of a lifetime. And you are certainly having an adventure of a lifetime. Which... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I even heard that you didn't even start writing until you reached a certain point in your life. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, I actually... I actually ran from writing until I reached a certain point in my life. Um, um, I like to joke that my muse kind of tricked me into writing until it was too late to turn back. Uh, but I didn't start my first book, which is The Moon Quest, until I was in my mid-30s. In your mid thirties and you've done, and you've done all these books and you've got, I love the, um, You've got several titles that are kind of working together with each other, and they're called The Way of the Abundant Fool or The Way of the, of the um, what are the other ones? The Way of the Fool, The Way of the Imperfect Fool, and The Way of the Abundant Fool. And they are all really designed for you to lead your best life. Absolutely, and, and they're all kind of built on the archetype of the fool. Yeah, well, aren't we all a little bit of a fool every now and Yeah, again? yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I say somewhere, I think in my Ex Surrender memoir, that if I had to choose a card or an archetype, you know, a card in the tarot deck or an archetype, it would it would have to be the fool. <laughs> now, is that because you are so all over the place kind of thing? Or what is Because <laughs> no, you do, it's you because, a lot. No, if you think of the tarot deck, I should have worn a different, I'm wearing my MoonQuest t-shirt today. I should have worn a different, I, have, I actually have a t-shirt for the way of the fool. But um, if you think of the tarot deck, you see this, this, this figure at the edge of a cliff, um, generally one foot off the cliff with the dog kind of, kind of behind him. And to me, that represents kind of leaps of faith because the fool steps off the cliff and does not know what's waiting for him or for her the other end in fact i have a favorite uh i have a favorite image a favorite fool image from it's actually from the osho zen tarot deck because on that deck um you see the fool with both legs both feet up he's already jumped he just hasn't gone over the edge yet but on, in, in traditional tarot decks the um the fool has, still has one foot on the ground and is about about to take the leap so you know my memoir my first memoir is titled acts of surrender acts of surrender because for me it's all about taking those leaps of faith and and trusting that um somehow you'll be caught or land in a good place on the way down you just said my favorite word which is trust right. I, I really honestly believe that we have to trust who we are and the messages that we get 
from from and i'm not going to pretend to tell you where they come from but they do come from. <laughs> and so i would love to know who is the muse well traditionally the muse of course was there were there were i can't remember seven eight nine muses and they, they were greek goddesses and each one represented some aspect of the arts um but you know and currently we look at the muses as, as our source of inspiration and you know you could have a person who's a muse for you or you could just have a disembodied spirit energy that is that is that is your muse but it's in a sense it's where your inspiration comes from you know i i've been extremely fortunate in my life i've uh, done over 2000 interviews and to a person a musician an author a poet an artist all of them will tell me i don't know where it came from it just showed up and it's yep. like my inspiration just took over and i was just dictating what was being given to me is that been your experience pretty much it's funny because the first my, my my first book for writers is actually called the voice of the muse answering the call to write um i have a favorite story this is from ursula k Le Guin, the the science fiction and fantasy author and she um she tells a story about um the another another writer harlan ellison who was once asked where where he got his ideas and he, he jokingly said they came from mail order firm in schenectady i mean nobody knows what <laughs> nobody knows where this stuff comes from you know um i many writers uh outline their books plan their books plot their books i don't do any of that I sit down sometimes with a title, sometimes with an idea, and I just start and see where see where it takes me. And um, it can be a bit of a roller coaster ride. And uh, my little secret is I actually hate roller coasters, um, per perhaps because my right, my creative and, and life's journey are very roller coaster. Like I don't need I don't need an next, I don't need I don't need another one. But um, um, yeah, I just I just go where the story takes me, and sometimes when I start, I know where I'm going, or I think I know where I'm going, and more often than not, even if I think I know where I'm going, I'm wrong. <laughs> well, is it is it kind of like in in your world, kind of like a watching a movie unfold because you you get to the start of the movie and then it it happens and then another character walks in and then you have to figure out what to do with that character and then the interactions and stuff so is it kind of like that cuz you don't really know what the outcome is going to be no i ever i never know the ending when i start um so one of my books one of my novels it's not part of the fantasy series it's a different series it's called sarah's year um and when I, I thought I had a great idea for that story. It's kind of loosely based on it's it's vaguely autobiographical and loosely based on, on, on in part my mother's story. And I had this great opening scene. I had this great idea, and I knew what the title Sarah's Year was going to mean. And the day I started the book, um, I was sitting actually in a Starbucks in Santa Monica, California, and I began to write. And by the end of that first scene, the whole story had changed. <laughs> And, yeah, and here's the funny, you know, asking about, you know, where this stuff comes from and, and trust. I, then, so I kept saying to myself, or if you will, to the story, well, now the, now the title doesn't make any sense because originally it was going to take place over the course of a year. And that was the year of the title. And this story actually takes place over 36 hours with lots, with lots, of, lots of flashbacks. 
but I kept saying, well, this, this title makes no sense. This title makes no sense. And I, you know, I, I listened to my stories. I, I believe that my stories are smarter than I am. So I listened to my stories and I just kept sensing that the title was right. Don't touch the title. And it wasn't until I got to one of the final scenes of the story in the first draft, I thought, oh, that's why it's called that. <laughs> and the story was right. It was the right title for the story, but I didn't know. You know, it, 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 that is that is such a such a great story. It's amazing to me that there are so many people that will come across with the stories. I've got a real quick story about a guy that I mentioned this before. He was a um, in a group in the '60s, and he woke up one day and he had this song in his head. Didn't know where it came from, but just the, the entire song was in his head. So he went to his his writing partner, whose name was John. And uh, John said, and he, had, he, he sang it to John, and he said, where did I hear this from? And he said, I have never heard that before. I have no idea. So he went to the producer, same thing. So he went to a bunch of friends over the next two weeks, and nobody could identify where he'd heard that song before. So he took it as his own. He put words to it. He wrote it, and it became Yesterday. And it's been... I, tell that, I tell that story, actually, in one of the, fool, one of the way of the fool books. Oh really? <laughs> I do. Yeah, it's a great, great story. And actually, I think he, I think he dreamt the, he dreamt the music. Yes, he did. He dreamt yeah. the music, and yes, and it was one of the biggest selling songs of all time. And it, and he to this day, he's eighty one years old. To this day, he'll say, "I have no idea where that song came from." Yeah. And yeah. and yeah. that happens to all of us if we're open to it. How did? If, how was it that in your world? you became open to listening to the muse, to your intuition, to your guides, to whatever you, whatever name you want to attach to it. Well, like I said, I ran from this stuff for many years. Um, I, I ran from anything creative through school. Um, I, in retrospect, I would say I was terrified of being judged, of judgment. And that's why, because, you know, in creativity, it's all shades of gray. So I, I, I gravitated toward math because I figured if I could get the right answer, I, was, I couldn't be judged. You know, ah, math, it's right or it's wrong. If I could be right, then I was right. But in, in English class, you know, when they're, asking, when, you, when they're talking about interpreting things, well, I could easily get it wrong. And, yeah. that, and that, again, I, I couldn't see it at the time, but in retrospect, I would say that terrified me. Um, I joked before, I said before that I, I joked that my muse tricked me into writing. When I was in high school, um, I was asked to um, help with the publicity for the musical that was being put on. And I somehow said yes. I have no idea now why I said yes. Um, because it meant I had to I had to write press only press releases, but I had to write. So I had to put that writing out into the world. I said yes. I would say that that was kind of the first, or one of the first, kind of tricks that my muse pulled on me. Actually, if you, we can we can we we can rewind the clock because the very first typewriter I was given back in high school, a few years before that, was not a Smith Corona. It was not a Royal. It was not one of these big name brands we all think of when we think of typewriters. It was a Hermes. So Hermes was a Swiss typewriter maker. I don't know if they're still in business, but Hermes, of course, is the Greek equivalent of equivalent of Mercury, and Mercury is the god of communication. So al already there was a little a little nudge there. Typewriter. 
Yeah. Exactly. And by the way, for our younger audience, if you have no earthly idea what a typewriter is, <laughs> yeah, you need you need to go look it up. And it's in the encyclopedia. It's a, you can Google it now, and it'll show you a picture of what we used to use to write with. And we had typing only, classes in school. The only that, but Hermes was a manual. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even an electric typewriter. <laughs> which those those were like clunk 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 right. you know and and stuff so that was that's that's beautiful that's 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 awesome so when you got to be 35 and i think that you had enough life experience that you were beginning to understand a little bit more about yourself and what you would like to do did you have a moment because in my opening i always say um that there's a moment in time when we say why am i really here what am I really here to do? And what do I need to do to find out what that is so that I can do it so I can lead my best life? Did, did, did you have that thought? It was more of an unveiling than it was a moment. Um, as I mentioned before, I kind of got tricked bit by bit into writing. And one day when I was, oh, I was freelancing at that point, I was actually freelancing, uh, writing for magazines and newspapers. I wasn't writing my own stuff, but I was writing. I kind of got, kind of got slaughtered, tricked into that too. But one day I was freelancing at a magazine in Toronto, freelance editing at a magazine in Toronto. One of, my, one of the staff editors come, came up and said to me, I just took this writing workshop, you have to take it. And of course I went like that and backed away very quickly. It was a creative writing workshop. But in the end, she talked me into it, um, which was very uncharacteristic for her because she was so mild, such a mild mannered, not at all pushy woman. And she 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 pushed me into doing this. And that workshop changed my life. That's when I began to find a way to trust myself and what was inside me. Um, and um, over time, um, I, I worked with that instructor both as a creative and, and later as a, as, as a spiritual mentor. And it was that, it was that work that began to open me up. Um, and the moon quest happened in a workshop, writing workshop I was teaching. So this mentor who was, the, the, that original class was a non-credit class at the University of Toronto. And this, this mentor asked me one day, after I'd been working with her for a while, if I'd like to teach her class, a section of her class. And I said, no way in hell. And let, she let it go. And a few months later, she asked me again, and I said, no way in hell. And then I had a dream. Um, and at that point, I was working with a Jungian therapist. I was working with my dreams very intensely. And in the dream, uh, without going into the detail of the dream, which is still this vivid all these years later, um, one of the dream characters, characters in the dream, it's not me, declares very, very, with so much certainty, she says, I have to teach. And I woke up with a start and I called Carol back and I said, yes. But it was in one of those classes that I was teaching where I um, led the group through an exercise and uncharacteristically for me, I did the exercise too. And it was in that writing exercise that the, that the, that the first scene of the first draft of a novel I knew absolutely nothing about found its way onto the page. And I just kept writing. I, I got to ask you, that young lady that convinced you to go into the class, are you, are you, is she still in your world today? No, no, no. This is this, this was this was back in this was back in the this was back in the early no mid eighties maybe this goes back a long time. 
I got I have to tell you this because it's it's I think it's important for everybody that's listening is that we all have people that come into our lives for a specific reason and they may you may have planned this before you even were born absolutely so these people come into your life i've had three of them that i can easily identify one i haven't talked in 20 years the other one 30 years and the other one has passed on and i didn't talk for 50 years but <laughs> what it is is that they will have there's somebody will come along and they will put the idea in your head that you already knew you wanted to do but you needed that push you needed somebody to say no you really got to do this and you did it and then the dominoes started. oh yeah lots of do lots of dominoes i actually tell the story in acts of surrender um the young woman well young then because she was my age i guess then 40 years 40 years ago um um her name is was karen pummel like pummel you know and mm -hmm. She pummeled me. I mean, she, but, but, but it was so, it was so uncharacteristic because Karen was so sweet and so mild and not pushy at all. But on that, in that moment, the only moment in, in the time we ever worked together, she, she was pushy. Yeah. It's like, it's like whatever energy needed to get to me, she was channeling without even knowing maybe even what channeling was. And, um, and, and I said yes, and I have no idea why I said yes, because who I was then shouldn't have said yes. Yeah, well, was she cute? Yeah, she was nice looking. She had a boyfriend. <laughs> that's, that's probably why you said yes, because it was oh, a woman. No, I no, no, no. I don't, I, don't, I don't think so, but you never know. You never know. Well, but that's, that's, that's the thing, though, is that we have people that come into our lives, and, and they're there for a specific purpose and a reason, and then they go about doing their business, about doing what they also came here to do. and But they, it's a marker in time that sets you on a path that, that has continued to this day, and it's long, long way from ending, and you're going to continue to flourish and grow and do, and and the journey continues for you. Are you excited about the journey that you are on? There are moments when I'm absolutely, positively, excruciatingly terrified, <laughs> <laughs> because that's part of it. It's the roller coaster, yep. right? Yep. And there are moments when I am absolutely exhilarated. Um, and lots of moments in between, you know, again, I, I mean, your background, I see this big Ferris wheel I can see right now. I can't see the roller coaster, but it may be there as well. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, excuse me, it's a ride. Um, and um, I would change nothing, although there's certainly things I wouldn't like to go back and do again, but, but, I, but I would change nothing. Now, I, I firmly believe that, that all of our experiences, good and bad, are brought to us for a reason. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. And that we continue to gain experience through that so that we can go do our next thing unless we make the conscious choice of saying no. And that's where we need to not go is to say no. We need to say yes. Do you agree with that? Well, I like to, I, another, another kind of joke, I like to joke that the last free will choice I ever made was when I said yes to living this life of surrender of trust. And yes. once I said yes to that, there were no more choices. Because once I said yes to that, the only way to choose differently was to go back on that. Now, from my perspective, this is, I, this is what I tend to believe, 
is that when we say yes, when we are presented with something and we say yes, it's almost like our guides or the universe or God, whatever label you want to put on it. He rubs his hands together and says, okay, he said yes. So now we can plot and we can scheme and we can figure out how to make it all work and bring the people in and the stories and the stuff and put it all. And, and, but when you say no, they say, well, we'll just wait till next time. He'll right. sell yes eventually. Well, and you know, like when, like when Carol asked me to teach her class, I said tw no twice before I said yes, and I had to have a dream. That that yes. was so. That was so. I could have had the dream last night. It's that's how clear it still is to me. Um, yeah. Again, and this was this was in the in the early to mid nineties, so it's thirty years ago. Um, it's still it's still that clear to me. Um, and you know, when I said yes to doing publicity for that high school show, I should have said no. Who I was then should have said no, but something made me say yes. And again, all these little steps that sometimes are invisible, and we can't yeah. see we can't see what the consequence. I mean, the consequences of saying yes to publicizing, helping publicize first the musical Mame, and then Hello Dolly the fall the following year. In a sense, I couldn't see it then, but they were life-changing. Can, can I tell you a quick story about that? Sure. Um, when, I, when I was 22, no, yeah, I was 22, and uh, I was a captain in a dining room, which meant that I did tableside Caesar salads and, and open bottles of wine and that kind of stuff. Well, there was another captain there. His name was Corey, and, he, and we became very good friends. I distinctly remember sitting at his poolside at his home on an off day and he says you know i'm going to go back to school i'm going to go to green river and i want to take auto body and i said i hate cars but i'll take auto body with you because i might i might learn something and so we go to the school and in those days they didn't have computer stuff it was you had teachers sitting on a, behind the table and so we get up to the front of the line we waited about 45 minutes and he looks at me and he says you know i'm not going to go I don't think I want to go. Um, and his father was a professor there and said, I'm going to go to my father's classroom and you, you want to come along? And I said, well, we've waited all this time and I'm here. So why don't I stay and I'll just check it out. So I get to the front of the line and right there at the table in the front, it says drama extraordinaire. And uh, um, I say, you know, I like drama. I would really like to do that. So I go sit down at the table and I end up taking two drama classes changed my life that's where i met my wife that's where we had had the kid wow. and everything and i got to be a dj for the first time and wow. i got to be a lead in a couple of plays it completely changed my outlook and i haven't seen that guy in 20 years well so i i, I have a story similar to yours i was um i'd already left toronto i lived in toronto three times but i left Toronto the second time and i got a call from a friend in toronto and she said, um, you want to take a Reiki class? And I didn't have any interest in, in Reiki. I had no interest in doing energy work. And But, you know, I thought, well, if Lorraine wants to go, I'll go with her. It'll be fun. Well, she never went to the class. She never took the class. I took the class. <laughs> and another life, it was another life-changing event. And that, and that is how, and the reason that I bring this up, um, uh, Mark David, is that 
I want people to understand that this happens to all of us, of that you're no more unique than I am. And even though, you know, we do interesting things, but it, it happens to everybody. And so be pay attention to it. Wait for it and say yes to it. And it will open up remarkable places for you and for everybody who's listening to this. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I think it's really important. You know, I work a lot with intuition. If you want to call it inner guidance, it's the same thing with intuition um, yep. and 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 trusting um, and those leaps of faith. And I think that when that when we go within, you know, I teach writing. What I'm really teaching you is is how to go within and listen. That's how I write my books. But that's also how I, that's also how I live. So yeah, it's about listening and. Nothing about my life makes any conventional sense. <laughs> Truly, you know, yeah. I mean, um, and yet it has been a remarkable life. Um, hasn't always been easy. It hasn't always felt like it's flowing, but it's been remarkable. And it's again, it's nothing that I would change. And and if you had told me back when I said yes to that hello doll that, that that hello dolly publicity gig, that I would that I would end up being a more or less full-time writer and helping people to write, I would have said, you're you're absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing about my life as it as as it has played out, absolutely nothing that I could have predicted. I shouldn't be living in the US. I had no desire, I had no conscious desire to be to, to live in the US, let alone to become an American. My car turned left instead of right one day. And I ended up with, <laughs> No, seriously, that's exactly what happened. And I ended up in the U.S. and I never left. I, I, I believe that. that then, and that is the, the mystery and the excitement of life. Um, it's, it's It's a grand adventure that we all get to go on. And are there some adventures that are less glamorous than others? Sure, there oh, are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I, could, I could tell you a few. Um, one of the steps... <laughs> You know, each of those way of the full books has 12 and a half steps. I like those half steps. And one of the, I don't, and I don't remember which book it's in, but one of the steps in one of the books is embrace the mystery. Ah. You know, we like to think that we like to feel as though we're in control. If we're in control, there is no mystery. Um, and the mystery is being, being willing to go into the unknown, being willing to take that leap of faith off that cliff that the fool takes. Um, and, and trusting that, that, that leap of faith will pay off in some, in some positive way, maybe not in the way we think, but in some positive way. So another dream I had, this also goes back to that same period, um, kind of early in the, in the, in, in the, in the weeks and months of my kind of spiritual awakening, if you will, I had a dream that I was, um, it was a nightmare, it's not a dream. It wasn't just a dream, it was a nightmare that I was clinging to the roof ledge of a skyscraper. And I kept hearing, let go. And I said, no effing way am I letting, I'm in the dream. I'm not, you know, look down, I see all the cars way down. And all I can, all I can hear is splat, you know, me hitting the pavement. And I say, no, and I wake up and I'm in cold sweat. I was just really, really unhappy, really uncomfortable. It was, it was a horrible dream. And one of the things I did back then sometimes is I would take a dream into meditation and try to go deeper with the dream. So a few days later, I, I plucked up the courage and I took, and I, and I took that, 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 that visual 
into meditation and I tried to let go. I still couldn't. I did it again a few days later. I still couldn't. And then finally, a few days after that, the pain of holding on, there's lots of symbolism there, the pain of clinging was in, in, in this experience was so intense. I said, well, you know what? If I go splat, I go splat. And I let go. And instead of going, which is of course what, you, what I would expect, I kind of, it felt like I was floating like a feather. And oh, instead of hitting the pavement, what it felt like in that experience, that's how I described it in my journal at the time, felt like I was caught on the arms of God. And you were. And I was. Um, and I always have been. It's just that the arms of God get closer and closer to the pavement each time. Each time. <laughs> Wait, I, I otherwise, gotta... I wouldn't, otherwise, I wouldn't have to trust. That, that's right. But trust is is really really an important. That's why it's my favorite word in the English language. Is that that if you trust and you trust your intuition and you you from your heart you feel good about the decision or the thought that's coming through from your intuition, then it can't be wrong. If it's right. if it's if it makes you feel bad or makes you feel apprehensive and wrong, then it may be. But uh, if you take it into your heart and it, it feels good, you know, I had a similar dream to that. And it's, and uh, I dreamed that I was in a storm and it was dark and it was tornadoes and it was really, really bad. And I went through it and I went, I don't know if it was through a door or through the forest or whatever, but then I ended up in this beautiful meadow mm -hmm. and, and with, uh, a creek running through it and mountains and it was all blue and it was gorgeous and there was a big rock there and that's where I now hold my counsel with mm -hmm. uh, with my inner self is Beautiful. I will go and sit on that rock Beautiful. Um, and I, I, that works for me I don't know if it'll work for anybody else but, but it it's whatever me. works it's whatever works for you yes. there is there isn't my first rule for writing and for pretty much everything else is there are no rules. It's whatever works for you. Oh, that's great. Well, it doesn't that free a lot of people to be, well, there are no rules and how can I do wrong so I can do anything I want. Right. It also terrifies a lot of people because then there's no, there's no, there's no control. There's no structure. So the, um, the type A personalities among us might find that a little discombobulating. Well, when I wrote The Moon Quest, um, so I had taught writing this way, but I never tried to write a full-length book this way. And, um, you know, so the, the morning after that workshop where I wrote that, that scene, that, you know, that I, I sketched out that first scene, um, I was terrified. How can I write a book without knowing what it's about? Um, and every day, in fact, it was so terrifying. It was, it, to that moment, it was my biggest letting go of control. Um, it was so terrifying that, um, for the first several months, I would stay in bed to write before I got up because I was, I was certain that once I got out of bed and got on with my day, I would procrastinate the day away and never get, and never get to it because it was just so terrifying to sit down and let go everything and simply allow a story I knew nothing about to, to find its way through me onto the page. And it was fantasy, so it was it was all over the place. I mean, I, it wasn't like stuff necessarily made logical sense in this reality. So I had to I had to let go of this reality as well because anything can anything could happen in that story.
And even if it didn't make sense to my conscious mind, and often it didn't, I had to trust that it was that the story was smarter than I am. And isn't that the story that you have written the screenplay around? I've and... written so there are there are four completed books in the Legend of Cantana, which is the, the series, one in progress and one other one that I know is coming. And I've written screenplays for the first for all four. And the same producer who was interested, who became who, who was initially interested in the Moon Quest, is now interested in all of them. Good for you. Congratulations. So, yeah. I, I just, you know, movie making, especially big budget movie making kind of, I was going to say crawls. What's slower than crawling? I mean, it's it just, <laughs> it's just a very, very slow process because there's a lot of money involved, but I'm, 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 I'm certain it'll happen, that it'll happen in the perfect moment and the perfect time. And it will be a success in one of these days. I want everybody to remember the name Mark david gerson because you're going to be walking they're going to announce your name and you're going to go up on and jim carrey is going to hand you the the trophy or the statue and you're going to win an academy award uh for the 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 story and for what you've done so um that's that's just my my fantasy opinions. well that's okay so um what there's, there's i'm jewish one of the expressions is from your mouth to god's ears so <laughs> So every year when friends say, are you going to watch the Oscars? I, uh, my answer is, I'm not going to watch the Oscars until I'm in the audience. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fun because I've interviewed a couple of gals that did the interviews on the red car carpet. And mm. they've interviewed people like Danny DeVito and, mm -hmm. and you know, just a bunch of they, big names. And, they, and that I see for you and in a tuxedo, going down the red carpet and and winning an award for the best screenplay. Well, um, it, it sure as hell works for me. And if you want to crank up the time frame on that, then then don't well, then don't hesitate. <laughs> well, if I had forty or fifty mil to to drop into the project, I'd, I'd do it in a heartbeat. But uh, and, and by, by, by the way, go to markdavidgerson.com and you can look at all of his books. Uh, buy his books. They there really are some great titles. Um, I love the one, by the way. The Book of Messages. Tell me oh. about that one. So um, <clears throat> this is one of my more one of my more unusual books. Um, I was living in Sedona, Arizona at the time. I've lived in Sedona three different times, by the way, over the years. Uh, it's a place that just keeps calling me back. And I have I don't live here anymore, but I happen to be here now while, while, while we're talking. Um, and as I was as I was walking, I would go walking on the on you know on the red rocks in the morning. I would just, you can use the word channeling if you want. I would rather say, I just felt messages coming through me. Um, and um, at a certain point I said, you know what, I, I, I should, I should um, record them. I can't mm. write, when I'm, you know, now we have smartphones and I could talk it, I could have talked it into my phone. Um, this was in, this was before smartphones anyhow. Um, so I, <laughs> So um, for your younger audience, your younger audience members, I took a tape recorder. <laughs> yeah, can, tape recorders. I remember them. You can, this was, a, and it was a cassette. It wasn't that old. It was a cassette recorder. It wasn't a reel-to-reel -reel recorder. I took a portable cassette recorder. And I just began to, um, to record what was coming through me. And um, um, I began to email them to what was then a very tiny email list. And that email list grew because of these messages. And they're very positive, 
empowering, inspiring messages. And I collected 13 of them ultimately um, into this book. Congratulations. I need to get that book. I need to, and, I need to play. And um, one, other fun one other fun fact, the current edition of that book, I think it's the second or third edition, the cover is one of my photos and it's a Sedona photo because I'm, I'm also a photographer. <laughs> if you're not busy enough already. I'm um, not busy enough already, yeah. <laughs> but Sedona is a very, from a, what I understand, haven't been there yet, but I understand it's a very spiritual place. It is. It's a very, it's, 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 it's an amazing place. As I say, of the three times I've lived here, I didn't plan to live here each of those three times. It just, it just kind of happened each time. And that's because you say yes, and that's it happened right. because of that, um, which, yes. which is really cool. Um, and sometimes I don't even know what, I, what I'm saying yes to. The first time I was on a um, kind of an op the open-ended road trip that got me into the U.S. from Canada, uh, the one where the car turned left instead of right. And I, I felt powerfully called to come here. I didn't know very much about the donut at the time. And I booked in for a weekend. And at the, I still had a, a private, like a UPS store style mailbox in Toronto. And it, when, every time I stopped someplace for long enough, I would call, I would call FedEx and have them send me my mail. And so the, the, the day before I was checking out of this place in Sedona, I called FedEx and I said, please, I mean, I called the mailbox store. I said, please FedEx overnight my mail to this address. So it's Friday morning and I check out of the hotel and I'm waiting for the FedEx truck to come. Well, the FedEx truck comes and my mail and my package is not there. So I call FedEx and I say, where's my package? And they do, in those days, you could actually talk to somebody, you know, now it's, uh, now it's. <laughs> now it's put your number in here. Yeah. That's right. It's not the same. Anymore. Anyways. So she, she did a little digging and said, we're so sorry. Your, your, your package ended up in, in Phoenix. Didn't make it to Sedona. She said, tell me where you'll be tomorrow. Uh -huh. And um, we'll get it to you. I said, I have no idea where I'll be tomorrow. Because because this journey was very much like the way I write my books. I didn't know where I was going from one day to the next. And um, she said, fine, here's my number. Again, this is a while back. This wouldn't happen today, probably. When you know where you're going to be, call me, and I will make sure your mail, your mail gets to you. I said, great. So I say goodbye to the people at the front desk, and I get in my car, and I turn the key, um, and shift into reverse. And I think, I don't have to leave. So so I go back, shift back into park, and I go back inside. I said, "Is my is my room is my room available for the week? For, you know, for a couple more days?" She said, "Yeah." I checked back in. I called FedEx, and um, had them send my mail to the, there. And I never and I and I was there for a year and a half. I wasn't at that that hotel for a year and a half, but I was in Sedona for a year and a half. My life totally changed. That's a, that's just how it happens. By the way, I just wanted to mention when we say, when when we're open and when we say yes and when we go, it was me going with the flow. I didn't have to leave, so why leave? Exactly, and I I just want to say this because I want to make sure everybody understands that this isn't about what labels. It's not about this label or that label or you got this from there or what. It just happened, and you have you, you. So it's it's not whether or not it's true. It happened. So it is, it is true. And so I don't care what you call it. And, and what would you, what do you call it? Um, the subtitle of my, of one of my memoirs is, is, is um, how's it go? It's, it's, can't even remember now. 
but I, the phrase I use is my wisest self, which really is the voice of my heart. Yeah. Um, it's 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 that place within each of us that knows more than our conscious minds. And that's the place I write from too. That's how I can write these books without knowing what they're about, because at some deep level, at some deep unconscious level, of course I know what they're about. Yeah. The only way to access that is by is by is by fault. I like to say, don't push your pen across the page. Let your pen carry your hand across the page. That's beautiful. And, um, it, and it can work that way. And it does work that way if we let it. But we have to, we have to let go to let it. Isn't, isn't there the, that saying, let go, let God? There's yeah. also, yeah. It's the same idea. Let go, let God, let go, let the pen, let go, let the story. It, it, and, and as you say, you can call it God, you can call it higher self, you can call it Fred. It doesn't matter because all these... All these are um, characterizations that our conscious minds, our brains, attach to something that is beyond our ability to understand. So that, that's where the name doesn't matter. We, we simply create a name to put it in a package so we can deal with it. But it's beyond that. It's bigger than that. It's, it, oh, yeah. And it, it's bigger than we can imagine. That's it. Um, that's it. But all we need to do is so it, that's where trust comes from because if you know that it's real and it's bigger than a, than a bread box and it's more than you can imagine <laughs> then just let it be that's another you know the beatles are my favorite group of all time and that was another title that they did just let it be right, right. and it'll be okay yeah and and, and follow your heart and be that's kind right. and, and it's it's and that's why I work with people to let to help them access what's in here and then trust it. Uh, because you can access it and say, well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to do that. Um, but you, so you have to access it, but you also have to trust it and take those leaps of faith. It's a, a leap of faith means you can't see what's coming after you take the leap. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a leap of faith. Yep. You know, 20 years ago in 2003 when i said you know what i want to do a radio show <laughs> and i want to and i wanted to be two hours a day five days a week i had a bunch of people in my life say have you lost your mind you're you're a successful manager at a major food company you make good money you got the wife the kids the dog the cat why would you want to go do something like that and jump out jump off the airplane like that and this is because i'm driven to that's what that's that's what i'm being called to do and 20 years later, I get to 21 years later, I get to sit here and have a talk with Mark David Gerson, who is a phenomenal man, a great art, a great um, um, uh, photographer and a uh, author and a screenplay developer. And it's what do you see next for yourself? Because you're a young guy. <laughs> um I've got more books in my queue than I may have years left. Um, so, um, yeah, I've got lots of book, lots of books to write. Um, I, I, you know, I, the the each of the for each of those books, I've written a screenplay. Well, for each of the the Legend of Cantana books, actually, for the for the Sun Quest, which is the third book, I wrote the screenplay first. That was the first time I wrote the screenplay first, and then wrote the novel, just just because I wanted to see if I could do it. Um, so I've got lots of those books to write. Um, I love to do this. I love just to inspire people. And that's really what the books are about. And that's what my workshops are about. And that's what my coaching is about. It's all about helping people to 
connect with the richness that's already inside them. And I just want to keep doing that. Let's talk about that. Can they, can, they can find your work, uh, uh, your work, uh, um, uh, your workshops and your coaching and all of that by going to markdavidgerson.com. Is that right? That, that is correct. Um, I don't have any um, kind of COVID kind of sort of killed the, my live workshops and it, 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 I never really um, brought them back. But I am right now, um, as we speak, I'm creating a series of um, 90 minute to two hour workshops on video that cool. you can, that you'll be able to purchase off my, down, purchase for download off my website. Um, I think there will be a total of seven, seven, eight or nine of them. I finished one, I'm almost finished the second. And those will be on my website sometime next month, I guess. Um, and that'll be under the videos link on the on the top. But yes, my coaching is there and all my books are there. My books are also available um, on Amazon and um, um, online booksellers everywhere. Um, and, you know, your local bookstore can order them. They, I mean, if they don't stock it, they can certainly order it for you. I'm willing to bet that if you've gone to the airport in the last year or two, and have been you're early for your flight and you're wandering around the bookstores because they've got a bunch of bookstores in there. I'll bet you Mark David Gerson's title is in there somewhere. Well, and if it isn't, and you know you're gonna be early for your flight, they're also all available in ebook. You can just you can download it on the spot in the airport waiting in the airport lounge and start reading. Oh, that's that's awesome. And it's much better than than sitting in and, and watching an old movie. Uh, but wait, can... there's more because I I recorded my first audiobook this past summer, so the so the Moon Quest is now on audiobook and I narrated it, which was a, a total trip, um, and hopefully in the next while the uh, other Cantano books will also have will also will also be able to do those audiobooks as well. So that, that if you don't if you're too lazy to read or just want to be told a story like you were like you were when you were five years old, I'm happy to tell you a story. You can listen to the Moon Quest um, on um, it's on. Right now, it's on Audible and Apple Books, but it should be on other platforms down the road. I admire that because I've I've done voiceovers for uh, for books, and that's hard work. I have oh, to. Oh God, that. yes. <laughs> I had no idea how hard it was going to be. Um, you know, and people people said to me, "Why don't you do? Why don't you you know put yourself out there to do to narrate other people's audiobooks?" And I said, "Oh my God, no! It was so hard to do it. Uh, I mean, it was physically hard." Um, it was also emotionally hard. And this is this is this is me going within to go to where I went to where I was when I wrote the book, so I can yes. give you that experience. So it's 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 it was, and you know I had given readings from my books at events or on on interviews, um, but I had never um, read the entire book. Um, and I, you know, and I, I, <laughs> I look kind of strange, but I actually read out loud as I'm writing. So I'm sitting in Starbucks and I'm typing, and I'm and I'm and I'm 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 reading what I'm typing. You know, these days you have earbuds; people think you're on the phone. But again, before that, people just think I was crazy, um, which is probably true, but <laughs> not in that way. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was just a profound, profound experience. And I had never had to, because I talk fast, too fast. I had to slow everything down and really read, not just 
for me in Starbucks, but for an audience um, with, and with, and with feeling and with emotion and, and with all of that. And that was, it was, it was, it was challenging. Well, and, and can you imagine what it would be like if you didn't know the material? Somebody hands you the book, then you have to read the book, and then you have to remember the characters and what their motivation is and right. stuff so that you can then apply a voice to them. It's right. it's, And then you have to edit the whole dang thing. It's just crazy. Well, I went into a studio and I didn't do the editing. So I went into a studio and um, um, someone else did the editing for which I'm very grateful. But I, but again, then I had to listen to it like the whole thing three or four times. So he could, he could edit it. I mean, I had to go back and find the, find the errors that I made that he missed. And, and we had to do a couple, we had to do some retakes at the end. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was, it was a project, well, but it, I, I would do, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Congratulations. I'm glad, I'm glad you did it. And it's out there now and people can go pick that up. Go again to markdavidgerson.com, get all the information about him. And if you, if, you want, if you want to be a writer and you want to learn how to do it in a really cool way, he's a coach. He, you can hire him to help you get out of your own way. And that, that would even be better too. We've only got a couple of minutes, you know, young man, so I wanted to set myself <laughs> aside and I want you to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know well i want to go back to the word to, to the words trust surrender and leap of faith whether it's in your creativity or in your life remember those listen for your listen for whatever you want to call your wise self trust what you hear surrender to it unconditionally and take that leap of faith and you will not regret it You're, it'll be amazing whatever it is for you it'll be amazing and it happens just that easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's well, it's certainly simple. Some days it isn't easy, but it's really simple. <laughs> <laughs> Some days it's like, you want me to do what? No, yeah. come on. No. So that, that really will work. Again, Mark David Gerson, thank you so much for being here. I've really An enjoyed absolute it. Pleasure. An absolute pleasure. Thank you, Kevin. Will you come back? Anytime. You know where to find me. <laughs> I have you on tape. I, See, tape is, uh, I have you on digital stuff now. So. Right, right. So, <laughs> what's what's tape? <laughs> I, somebody says, is it scotch tape? What are you using on scotch tape for? <laughs> um, and, and by the way, we've just got a minute left, and I would just like to say, <clears throat> um, when we talk about trust, when we talk about what we are doing, I am being led, I believe, to do something different. I am leaving KKNW. I am leaving Kixie. Um, because the, the grandness of where I'm going dictates that I do that. And, but I want to let everybody know that I have thoroughly enjoyed my time on Kixie. Eric has been wonderful. Nathan has been wonderful. And I really appreciate everybody helping the show get to where it is today and be looking for us in the future. You're going to see greatness in our adventure of a lifetime. Be kind to everybody. Be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. And I'll see you Monday on Kixie.